Good afternoon, everyone. Today is January 18th, 2015. Uh, this is the Worlds of Books. I'm Mickey Prayan with co-host Alan Lemley. Uh, we are discussing um, The Day of the Triffids by John Wyndham. Um, Alan, do you have some material for us? Um, not to interrupt Alan, but uh, Mickey, there's a lot of background noise coming through from your um when you're talking. Yeah, it's Mickey's game going. I, I heard the announcer going, so it's the, uh, the 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 Packers versus the Seattle Seahawks for the NFC Championship to see who goes to the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I've got just a little bit of stuff. Uh, I read the Wikipedia article. This guy that wrote this thing, uh, this book, The Day of the Triffids, uh, his name is, uh, he published under John Wyndham, which is, which is actually a, a pseudonym, his full his full name I don't think I can remember it all something like John Wyndham Parks hang on let me let me pop up my clipboard real quick John Wyndham Park Lucas Bayon uh, B E Y something so uh, apparently he he published a couple of different things this was his really first successful thing that got a lot of uh, uh, got got a lot of attention and a lot of buzz and stuff. It was published in 1951. Uh, apparently, they made a movie out of it, and a couple of TV series, I think, were actually based on it as well uh, through the years. But uh, anyway, uh, if you're going to have biological, if you're going to do some kind of biological warfare, because this thing kind of alluded to the fact that maybe the, the Soviets developed these plants, uh, I think I'd rather deal with a... a, a a walking plant like those presented in this book than the biological warfare that that's been alluded to since then. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll save that for the book discussion. Uh, I don't think that uh, that John Wyndham ever ever actually had much other success than he than than he did with this book. But uh, at least there weren't any other real titles mentioned on Wikipedia. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll save my comments for after everybody else has, has commented, but uh, uh, that's that's really all I, that I that I have. That's, I know that's not a lot of background, but uh, like I said, uh, he didn't do a lot else. But this this book did get some 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 attention and some play through the years. So uh, I'll let go of the mic now, and, and I guess we'll welcome everybody's comments like we usually do. Um, I don't know that. Uh, his other things got as much notice, um, but he did write some other really good things. I found, um, I found and read everything of his I could at one point, and I don't recall uh, which ones I found on NLS and which ones I found on Bookshare. But there were um, at least two, if not four, others that. Um, and it's it, no other no other triffids running around, but um, kind of the same idea. The the you know the something catastrophic has happened, and there have been lots of changes. And they're they're good stories. Vicky, did the stuff that you find that he usually uh, did he write under his name under the name John Wyndham? Because apparently he's got like five or six names in his official name, and he apparently used various pseudonyms that were derivations of. Different combinations of those those various names, so uh, I, I would think that if if you want to be published and recognized, you need to kind of like stick with the same name. But uh, 
were, were the ones that you read un under John Wyndham? Yes, everything I read was under John Wyndham. I didn't do research at the time and, and know that he had other names, so now, from curiosity, I'm going to have to look more. Okay, thanks. Well, uh, uh, we'll just, I guess, open it up for discussion like we always do and uh, just let people think what they, or say what they thought about the book. Well, this is Sherry. I'll start. I like the book. Um, I like this kind of novel, and I could swear that years and years ago when I could still see the TV, I, I saw a BBC thing on this because I can picture the giant plants, and they were pretty funny. <laughs> uh, the book was much better than the TV thing, I'm sure, because how could you make one of these giant plants and have it be taken seriously on a TV show? Um, I thought it was interesting. I really liked the character of Coker and how he initially wanted to save everybody and then he kind of came around and he really turned out to be quite the hero that did a lot of good things. Um, I was wondering, um, one thing I noticed given the copyright of 1951, it's nice to know that perhaps if this happened today the attitude would not be that a plant could survive better than a blind person. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and I also wondered why he called it Day of the Triffids and not Day of the Comet, perhaps. And I wondered if you guys thought the Triffids and the Comets were related. Well, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I really enjoyed the book. And I had read it way back in, uh, uh, oh, what, 71, and um, liked it then. Um, but uh, Bob, you're breaking up a lot. We didn't catch what you said. Well, that's interesting. Maybe I try going out and come in and uh, coming in again. Um, although that'll mess up the recording process. You sounded fine just then. Ah, uh, the vagaries of the internet. Well, anyway, um, <clears throat> I. Um, Enjoyed the book then, and even more so uh, uh, this time. And yes, uh, they were um, not directly related, but uh, the fact that uh, uh, we're led to believe until near the end that it was some sort of comet instead of some... Uh, they had all these satellites positioned in space ready to be activated and um, so but if I'm breaking up I'm going to sorry Bob he, you're, he's still in there talking away um. well I, I'm going to say what I think he was going to say we're, we're led to believe that that the, uh, the the comet really had something to do with the uh, the satellite so they talked a lot about it at the, at the beginning of the book that uh uh, I, I know the, uh, the the main character Bill Bill Mason seemed to uh, hypothesize that, that that he thought that it was caused by uh, some of that space uh, shenanigans that were going on. I also think that I, I probably shouldn't jump in, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I also think that the um, it, the blind people who aren't used to being blind would be natural to pick off first because they wouldn't see these tentacles coming at them. Um, not necessarily um, because of, well, because they can't see it coming. I wouldn't want to deal with that situation. Uh, Bob told me about this book first, um, gosh, many, many years ago, and um, I read it 
and I've since read it, I don't know, two or three other times. And um, I also have a, I believe it's a BBC um, radio program uh, of, of it, which is done very well. And I, I um, obviously, I liked it. My take after, I don't know, the second or third reading was that the comet wasn't really a comet, that this was whatever the, um, the perpetrators used to trigger the, the, the takeover of, of those creatures. Um, and I, one of the things that uh, impressed me was the way the author handled the blind people, um, including, and, and the, this was one of the things that got me the very first time I read it, um, they're going into town, they're getting all kinds of supplies, and one of the things that um, that Bill makes sure they get are Braille books. And I thought, how cool is that? And not many authors would bother to include something like that. Well, <clears throat> I have to be truthful. I started this book. I just, it's just not my kind of book. Um, I just didn't really pursue it very far and I should have probably more so and I just felt that there were books that I'd rather read than this I just um, just didn't like it but maybe I didn't give it enough of a chance but anyway that's uh, my story and I'm sticking to it well I'll go ahead and jump in I, this isn't really my kind of book either, but I, I ended up really, really being glad that I read it. Uh, I, I thought it was well done. I, I started getting kind of aggravated at the beginning of when the way they presented the, the you know, the, the the newly blind folks. It was it was almost like uh, you know, blind person equals totally uh, uh, incompetent person able to help themselves but then I thought about it more and I thought okay this is a little bit different than folks that have been blind all their lives you got to believe that people that are used to seeing and that that are totally made blind because of a, uh, an event would be a little bit different I, I still think that that he acted like nobody had a brain I mean that, that being blind was equivalent to being brainless but uh you have to consider the time period. It was early '50s, and I really think he did a. Pr the main character I thought was presented pretty pretty fairly, considering the time he was set in, and he seemed to be. Uh, he didn't seem to be a person that, that was interested in hunting just for hunting's sake, and he, he seemed to be more more uh, cognizant of of people's abilities, and it didn't all have to do with eyesight, and uh, uh, so I, I do have to give him a, 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 a good marks for that. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, in the whole, whole movie, the whole book was toward the beginning, where the guy that, uh, that they come, he kind of came across the guy that had been blind, and and when he he finds out what's going on, he says, "Well, good, you you, you can give your patronage to, to 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 them for a change," referring to the people that had always patronized him apparently and, and not treated him fairly for being blind and he's thinking okay now the shoe's on the other foot you now uh, the people that are sighted that are left can uh, can can uh, uh, 
bend over backwards for the for the for the newly blind and 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 not treat them properly now. And I thought that was I thought that was pretty pretty good. I'm glad he put that in there. But uh, uh, the, the the book was I thought I thought was enjoyable. I like I like the main character, like I said, and I like Gisela, and uh, I, I really like the fact that she had written that book about about sex or something that that had had followed her all over all of her life and stuff. So. Uh, I, I thought it. I thought it was. It was. A, it was a very good read. And I appreciate y'all. Y'all for uh, mentioning it because I, I had never heard of it, and it wouldn't have been anything I would have ever read otherwise. Well, Alan, for the probably the only time in in my life, I have to disagree with you. <laughs> um, I really felt that the way he dealt with the newly blinded people was very realistic. If you've ever encountered someone who has just recently gone blind, um, that person really does act brainless because, and it makes perfect sense. Um, everything that he's used to doing now is is changed, and um, he doesn't know what to do. He can't find things. He can't figure out where he is or what he's doing, and I think that most people would react by being just totally... Um, just, just, uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, just, just trying to to, to survive is going to become a major thing because what is the still? I think the um, the the one sense that the majority of people do not want to lose is sight. Vision is considered such a, a huge part of life. This is how do you manage without it? Which is one reason why people still think that we are just. Um, either totally amazing or completely inept. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, 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 your point's well made, and uh, that is true. So it is different for, uh, especially a, a total catastrophic thing like this, where you, you go from being able to see one day, then to being totally blind the next. So uh, uh, you're you're right. I, I guess it is. the The one problem I had with the book is I thought it was a little confusing. It was almost presented as if a bunch of people had been killed uh, when the event happened, and I don't. I mean, that really wasn't. I mean, they brought out that 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 dysentery type disease later that that apparently was killing a lot of folks. But right after the event occurred, the book was almost presented as 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 if a lot of people had been wiped out and stuff. And I, I didn't really get the feeling that that had actually happened so uh I'd, I'd welcome other people's comments on that to see what, what what they thought because i think there would have been a whole lot more confusion everywhere if it hadn't been presented that way but hey i, I got a little confused by that i think that part of it was that they were killing each other off there was a lot of people attacking other people and trying to to uh their greed was was getting them to push each other away from the stores and people were starving they didn't know how to get food and if there'd be a water um, hazard or anything like that they'd, they'd have a problem I mean that's what was kind of I thought kind of intimated I thought probably a lot of people died in car accidents too and they mentioned a couple of fires and stuff but yeah, I don't remember any mass, you know, deaths caused by the event itself. One thing that confused me was the triffids were, you know, stinging people whenever they got the chance. 
but I don't recall them ever finding like a corpse that had been like eaten by the Triffids or anything. Um, when Susan's little brother was found by Bill, he still, it sounded like, was intact totally. So I don't understand why the Triffids necessarily killed these people unless they would have wanted to eat them, and it doesn't appear that they did unless I missed something. Um, it was for food. He did say that the Triffids would, would eat the corpses if they it would take them two or three days to eat a corpse, but that that the corpse would totally disappear. Well, that makes a lot more sense then, and maybe they just hadn't gotten started on her brother yet. And I, I think um, that the the event itself didn't do in people, but as as Sherry said, the um, think about what people were doing when it happened. You know, if you're you're driving and suddenly you can't see or you're on a bus and the bus driver suddenly can't see, um, you're going to have some, a, a lot of crashes. You're going to have fires. Um, you're going to have people suddenly falling. And, of course, anyone who is out and near a Triffid is going to immediately be dispatched because he doesn't even... He, even if you could see, you're not expecting this plant to attack you, although I understand that there are some in uh, Australia that will... Um, do something very similar to this, um, although the, I guess they don't eat you. Don, did you read the book, or do you have any comment? You guessed right. I missed the announcements, I guess. I totally forgot until I got my planner went off with the alarms before the program, so I just tuned in to see what the book was and whether I'd want to read it. I'm sorry about that. Well, that's, uh, I, I guess that's my fault. I just, uh, I didn't realize until a couple of days, or I guess it was yesterday sometime that that uh, uh I didn't have the event on my on my calendar and I always put it on my on my outlook calendar based on <laughs> seeing the announcement and I I didn't realize that or I had forgotten that I was supposed to be the one that posted the announcement and stuff so uh uh nothing ever really went out until just just yesterday so uh, uh, uh so, sorry about that but uh uh, uh but uh, to 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 just to bring up the the point again, yeah, uh, okay, that, that does make sense. And I think the book really was about uh, how people reacted after the fact, and and, and that that's that's what he's writing about. So uh, 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 he didn't spend any time discussing uh, uh, a lot about the. I mean, he hinted pr pretty strongly that that uh, uh, man does what man does when he's when presented with a with a big crisis like this, and it's they, they it ends up being every man for himself, kind of, and uh, I, and I enjoyed that aspect of it, the the, the behavior and the uh, the the breakdown of, of of the men into the various groups trying to survive. Uh, the the one blind guy that that had, had grabbed Josella to use her as a as his own personal guide. I thought I thought that was kind of interesting, not 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 totally unbelievable, I guess. And then I, I like the uh, I, I I found it very believable the groups that were that were kind of forming. You had the one, I guess that that one guy that was, that was the killer that that Bill had come across uh, during thing that he came across later in the book that that had formed the kind of the military group I guess that that thought that they should uh, uh, try to, to run things versus the uh, the guys that ended up on the Isle of Wight that, that he connected with. I, I thought that was a that was a pretty good. Uh, accurate presentation uh, yeah I suspect that uh, really when you wake up 
the next day and find that one of your senses, the one you depend on most, as we're told, um, sight is gone. And not only that, but so are so is everyone else ha- having the same problem. Uh, it would be a, a total breakdown of society, which is what happened. And uh, we're left believing that whoever perpetrated uh, the problem, whichever power it might have been, it backfired on them because... Uh, as far as we were, uh, we learned there wasn't anything going on in the world. Uh, shortwave bands were completely dead, and uh, uh, so <laughs> um, it's it's a curious it's a curious thing as to the total total breakdown of society and having to try to put things together in different little communities. It is so frightening when you lose a sense that you normally had. There was a flu that went around that a few of us got that hit, all of a sudden I could hear nothing. And I walked around stamping my foot. I'd walk to the refrigerator and slam the door just to try and get sound. And it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's frightening. It's... Um, you don't know if it's going to last forever, and you just you, you try not to panic, but you're it uh, was pretty scary. Well, that, that, that's a good point, and uh, uh, I, I think the the big problem you would have in, in a situation like this would be the panic, because once once you uh, uh, once you give in to panic, and it would be real easy to do with with something like that, because you know, like you say, the the sighted are so dependent on their on their sight, and uh, uh, and it's curious, and that, that, that's how we refer to them, I guess, because that's that, that's the the sense that that, that we're without. So you know, uh, the, the cited is, is is the label we give them. Uh, uh, panic w- would be would be real easy to give into. Uh, and and, I, and the one thing I learned from this is that uh, if there's ever, I mean, I, I do have a little bit of vision left. If there's ever any kind of meteorological event. Where people are talking about, hey, you got to come out and see this and watch this. I'm not watching anything. I, I, you know, this, this book has taught me that. So uh, uh, I, I will totally be uninterested in in uh, any kind of flash, uh, fantastic flashes in the sky. I was on one of these disability days where we blindfolded people and took them around. I never liked that too much, but I was surprised how nervous people got. They were sweating and everything. I. It was kind of interesting. Really and truly, if we who were born blind, Alan, I think you'd probably be okay, but if we suddenly got our sight back, we'd be basket cases. Yeah, I was just going to suggest that um, if you take and blindfold a person, uh, he's not going to react the way... um, we would think he should. I mean, it's a totally different experience for him because he hasn't lived with it before. And uh, I think, I think trying to show people, if that's what is going on, trying to show people what being blind is like, 
that really doesn't work and to me it it really doesn't make any sense at all it would be like uh, and and I don't uh, I do have some hearing disability these days but it would be very similar to suddenly not being able to hear at all as uh, Mickey pointed out uh, that flu that she talked about I, I can't imagine can't imagine that uh, sudden that that would be that would be horrible and the other thing that has always bugged me about those little experiments you know put a blindfold on somebody and have somebody else guide him around for an hour well first of all that person at least in the groups I've been isn't accustomed to guiding a blind person secondly the guy under the blindfold knows it's going to end and when you really, truly lose your vision, um, you're not going to take something off in an hour or a day. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not knocking the, um, the people who try to experience. It's the same for people who will ride around in a wheelchair for a day. It's not the same thing because you can always cheat. You can stick a foot out and and fix it or you have a problem you can get up and then jump back in the chair well when you don't have that option um, it's a whole different world I kind of like the wheelchair exercises because people I've talked to that have done them I mean you're right they can cheat and they'll know it's done in an hour but they do come to appreciate just how much out there is inaccessible for people in wheelchairs and that's probably worth something and uh, as far as the blind stuff though that that is kind of the blindfold stuff um, you know I don't know what that would accomplish other than making people feel like you really have to trust who's guiding you but I have known people that are sighted that can't even dial a phone in the dark that didn't realize there was a little bump on the five key and you know that you could actually do that without looking at it so a lot of these people would be pretty helpless I think one of my favorite scenes in the book was the um, scene near the end where they escaped from the house and they put sugar in the gas tank of those guys' military vehicle and left them there for the Triffids to get. That, that seemed like real poetic justice to me. And I also liked what Alan mentioned earlier, the woman who wrote the sex book. That was sort of a little bit of levity thrown in every time she'd meet someone and they'd remember she'd have to kind of try to back away from it that was kind of a good touch too yeah i thought that was neat about the uh, sugar in the gas tank i do have to comment about wheelchairs though uh being totally blind and then uh for the last uh well four years ago uh uh with double uh amputations being in a wheelchair where you you <laughs> you can't uh, get out and you can't put your foot out to see where you are uh you have to be in a familiar place in order to be able to roll around and uh uh you have to occasionally use your hands to see where if, are you are you coming near a wall are you do, it's a, it's a total a totally different process uh, to try to get used to. I found out uh, that um, your orientation, being totally blind, depends greatly on 
having your feet on some sort of earth or ground floor of some kind. Uh, without that, your orientation uh, is totally, totally disturbed. Uh, it's a, a very interesting thing to <laughs> come to grips with, actually. Well, I'm sure that if we, by some chance, um, those of us who never have seen, uh, were given a way of seeing, we'd, be po- we'd probably be scared to death because we wouldn't know what these things were supposed to look like. We wouldn't know what we think they look like from the point of view of a blind person. Uh, but we wouldn't know what seeing was all about. We probably would go crazy. Um, I did read part of this book, and it kind of reminded me of a book called Blindness, which I think came out later. Um, I started reading that book, but I never finished it. But it was about um, a whole... um, It was about people becoming blind and they didn't know what the reason was and um, it was like an epidemic of blindness throughout um, I don't know if it was a community or or the whole country but then uh, and, and then the sighted people decided to corral all the blind people and put them together and these other sighted people lost their sight and and then there were wars, and I don't—I—I I didn't finish the book, but um, it was interesting um, and possibly similar to this, although I did not uh, complete this book. But people's reactions—I uh, mean, losing your sight is is tantamount to um, you know people would rather die than lose their sight, as we all know. They think. Well, I, I thought it was uh, some of the stuff that was interesting was were, were how, how the people that were left were deciding what the proper ratio was of uh, you know a, a sighted person to 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 the to to the uh, to to the blind, and uh, uh, it was it, it was it was it was a very interesting book, and the the presentation was was very interesting. So, uh, uh, not not a lot was said were. For, and, and and I guess the the, the way the, the story was developed with the, with the fact that you had all these people that were catastrophic, catastrophically totally blind all of a sudden, so that, that that's a different world. But not, not a lot was said. I mean, there there were some some things were alluded to about how important uh, uh, your brain was, and I think one of the one of the people that they came across in that one little group that they had found out in that outlining outline area when he looked. Looking for Gisela, the uh, they they mentioned. I don't remember what the guy's name was, but he was newly blind. But he obviously was using his brain to try to figure things out and stuff. So uh, uh, that's what it's all about. And uh, I'm glad they, they they did make some references to that. Alan, um, did you notice or find out or uh, where? This author is from, is he English or is he American? Um, one of the things I found kind of intriguing is that uh, this 
story takes place um, in Britain, and yet where where there's a real sense always of social class, and especially what sixty years ago or something that would have been even stronger, um, and yet that doesn't seem to ever play a part in here. We never hear about um, uh, 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 the aristocrats or uh, the the Cockney folks, um, you know, having a playing a part. Yeah, uh, he he is English. I'm not sure where he is from originally, but uh, he he's definitely English. And the other, and now that you mentioned that, that was another thing that I thought was interesting. And I'm wondering how it would be presented today. But I thought it was awfully curious that the the uh, the people that were that were waiting for you know somebody to come along there were a couple of mentions of where are the americans they were waiting for the americans to come and i'm i'm wondering uh i, I i'm sure the viewpoint of america nowadays is probably a little bit different but uh i, I thought it was awfully interesting that the 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 british folks back then thought that the rescue was going to be coming from america so i, I guess that had a little bit to do with the, uh, World War II had recently ended, and, and they they felt like we that America had had saved their bacon then maybe, but uh, 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 I thought that was kind of I thought that was kind of curious. That's funny because I actually took that as satire. Um, I thought he was kind of poking fun at the whole idea that the Americans always are going to rescue everybody. Um, that one girl that was convinced, I think at one point he told her. I think she was saying, well, how are they going to find us if we move? And he said, don't worry, the Americans have everything on maps or something like that, um, just to get her to come along or move. Now, as far as the uh, different uh, parts of society, remember Coker, I believe it was Coker, who mentioned that uh, in order to uh, make people comfortable, depending on what sort of group you're speaking to or dealing with uh, you need to be able to talk on their level and so there were the times when they were less educated so he spoke accordingly so that uh, he felt they would be more comfortably uh, able to understand it and the more educated folk he, uh, he handled uh, differently, but yeah, when you consider that uh, we had just fought with them, we we came into World War Two. Initially, you know, we weren't going to, and then of course after Pearl Harbor and everything, uh, the Americans demonstrated that uh, they could. Uh, uh, do a good job of taking care of business. So I, I didn't think it was satire at all. I think um, at that time that that was a very real, or would have been a very real thought, perhaps. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of how I took it, too. And uh, uh, I, and like I said, I have a feeling that after all of the, the, the Iraq War and the weapons of mass destruction, the non-existent ones, uh, there, there'd probably be a little bit different take nowadays. But uh uh, it, it did make sense back then after uh, World War II just having ended not too long uh, b before. And uh, I also thought it was pretty interesting. I thought he was poking a little bit of fun at, at, at religion perhaps because 
that group that that he came across when he was looking for Gisela that uh, was run by that woman that seemed to be uh, you know everything uh, you know we're all going to take care of each other based on uh, it, it seemed to kind of take a religious bent and and th th they didn't last very long and apparently the the sickness that came across them I thought he was uh, he 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 was poking a little bit of poking a little fun at uh, at religion and stuff and how uh, how uh, that group fared. Seems like the one message was that you you just have to be flexible. I mean, you can't totally go the religious route. You can't totally try to rescue everybody. You kind of have to go with the flow. I thought the character of Dan, the blind guy in the house they were staying in, was interesting because he was blind and he was wanting to read Braille and trying to teach himself everything so that he could be productive. And that that's pretty realistic, too, now that he was with a group where his, you know, he didn't have to forage for food or anything. He could afford to try to look forward and be flexible and try to educate himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I liked him, too. And uh, uh, the, the, whole, the scariest part of the whole book was the fact that in the end, uh, the, the, the the trithids weren't just regular plants and stuff because it was presented that they were actually starting to think and stuff and maybe they did all along and and uh, communicate with each other and 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 group and uh, use their whatever brains they had to try to uh, when they they were they were going together in mass attacking the walls and stuff when they were in that 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 one location so. Uh, that, that that was the most alarming thing of the whole book, I thought, the fact that uh, th they had some extra kind of things, and not only did they have those, the the ability to to whip that poison out and stuff, they also had the ability, it seemed like, to to start putting two and two together and, and using whatever brains they had. And that that was the most alarming aspect of the whole book, I thought. I always find it in, intriguing how the um, authors of of these these catastrophe <coughs> excuse me books will um, start recreating society you know we, we have these these different groups they're trying different approaches um, we have the, you know our, our um, hero group um, they're they're getting married they're having kids they're working out ways to deal with the the threat but also um, ways to move ahead and and continue to survive and um, and that happens in in all the um, the different books that I've I've read and I you know I guess the the message there is no matter what happens man will always bounce back and find a way to go on and it, it's just a, but it, it's it's interesting to me the different ways that authors will will find to 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 pull that off. What did you guys think of the ending? Because I thought it was just right. Um, I didn't need to know exactly what happened to everybody later on. I had the feeling they would do well teaming up with this other group. And I didn't really feel the need for a sequel. I, I thought it ended just perfectly. Yeah, I did too. I, I felt that uh, they were either going to beat the Triffids or they weren't. Uh, it, it seemed as though it was very likely uh, given the island and everything. Uh, but, uh, of course, they, uh, humans, were the ones who created the Triffids in the first place. Uh, so, um, it, uh, we can only assume 
that they would continue to try to uh, survive. And uh, that's about as far as I think uh, he could go with it. Yeah, I agree too. I think I think the ending was 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 just right. I mean, there really isn't any other way you can do it. Uh, you you can't wrap a neat bow about around this kind of situation. There 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 is no. It's impossible. So he had the uh, uh, he showed that people were were doing their best to try to to to, to try to uh, take this catastrophe and and go forward as best they could. And he didn't feel any need to try to do any more than that. He he had the the folks that were that were thinking things through and trying to be logical about how to go forward and uh here it is uh, this is the way we're going to try to do it so uh, uh I, I thought that was very good i thought the ending was just fine um so many books nowadays well especially short stories just drive me crazy because they leave everything or they leave half the stuff or they leave something anyway dangling and it just drives me nuts but um, I thought the ending of this was great on the other hand of course you know to, to leave you with something to think about um, he did introduce the fact that the as, as um, Alan was saying you know they the Triffids had learned to start working together he brought out the fact that they were communicating um, with, with clicking and and that kind of thing and um so of course there's there's that that kind of um possibility that well hmm, maybe the plants develop their own little society well it's about uh, 12 minutes to six and we can continue the discussion after a while if we want but uh I think we should go around and see if anyone has any last-minute comments and then decide on our next book. Well, I'll just say I am so glad we read this. It's, it's a great book. It, uh, there's nothing like a book like this to, to bring out discussion. So uh, uh, thank you all again for, for suggesting it because I, I thought it was, it was very good, and I, I appreciate everybody's comments. So I think we've had a real good discussion about it, but if anybody else has anything else that they want to say, have at it. I didn't even say what I thought of the book now that I think of it. I thought it was one of the best books I've read in a long time and it was a good book for discussion um, and whoever recommended it, thank you. Sounds like nobody has anything else to say. Alan, do you have your the, the book choices ready? That we, we, we decided on a couple of books that we thought would be interesting that we'd both like to read you can you guys can decide on which one you want to read yes the, the, the we have a couple of different ones that are at total ends of the extreme that we thought we would uh, present to see if y'all uh, had a, an opinion the first one is a book called tell no lies by Greg Hurwitz h-u-r-w-i-z I believe is how it's spelled let me see well, I've got the book number if, if we if we want to see it. It's one of these suspense thrillers involving a guy that works with uh, uh, felons uh, that have committed felons, and there ends up being killings and stuff. Somebody sending a note to folks, uh, and they end up dying. It seems like. And the other one is a uh, one that, one that's gotten a lot of buzz lately in the last couple of years. It's a couple of years old. It's by Laura Hillenbrand. It's called Unbroken. Uh, it's based on a it's a true story, I think. Uh, 
she's the one that wrote Seabiscuit, I think. Uh, and the reason it's gotten a lot of buzz lately is because uh, uh, Angelina Jolie's made a movie out of it recently. So it's based on a real character, a person that that uh, survived World War II and how he did it. And actually, uh, he only recently died. I believe he died at the age of 90 plus. Uh, Louis, I can't remember his name begins with a Z. But those are the two we're thinking about reading. So we wanted to get people's opinions. Well, I can say I read the Hurwitz book uh, some time ago and... It's definitely different, um, and I think that it could um, it could bring out some really good discussion. I'd like to read the Hurwitz book. I haven't read it yet. I read one or two things by Greg Hurwitz, and I can't remember if that is one of them or another. The title is very familiar. Maybe it's just that I've heard the title or ran across it somewhere or I read it, but... Uh, I like what I've read by Hurwitz. Me too, and it's H-U-R-W-I-T-Z. Um, I really enjoy his books, um, but I would be happy with either one of them because um, the other one would be a one of those true story things. Um, so, uh, so far, Hurwitz is in the lead. I've read Unbroken, or part of it. I don't think I finished it, but it was a very good story book why i didn't finish it i don't know well i would like to read unbroken so why don't why don't we read the the hurwitz book uh for february and maybe we can we can read unbroken for march if if, if y'all would like to do that i second that sounds good sounds good to me give me a second and i'll get the book number I, i'm a little confused i've got this stuff all on my i've got one of these clip clip books or clipboards that can remember stuff and it looks like I've got the book numbers for both of them, and then I'm not sure which is which, but give me two seconds here, and I'll tell you what the book numbers are for both of them. In case anyone cares, the Packers are winning 19-7. Goodness. What was the title of the Hurwitz book again? Tell No Lies. Okay, the DB number for Tell No Lies by Greg Hurwitz, uh, H-U-R-W-I-T-Z as Mickey spelled, is 7733 six that's for Joni I know you're gonna ask again so listen up seven seven three three six and Joni I knew you were gonna pick that one because you always wanted to be about crime in some form or fashion so we're gonna be reading some other stuff too though so you'll expand your horizons but uh, that one seven seven three three six and give me a second I'll tell you what the DB number is for unbroken for Mark well I have them both downloaded already Alan so um, and I don't just read about crime although I read a lot about crime but maybe my horizons need to be broadened maybe be careful we might recommend a um a uh, uh, what's her name? <laughs> oh God, I hate that when I can't think of the author I'm trying to talk about. The one that's always got these rich women who always look so good and they're so wonderful and the men are just so charming and wonderful and it makes you want to be sick. Well, I just finished Revival and I loved it. That was a good book. We read that and do read Mr. Mercedes and no, it is not about a car. 
Okay, the uh, the book number for Unbroken is uh, 72129. So uh, uh, I'm definitely, I do want to read. I had started at one time, and like I told Mickey, I had gotten distracted and gotten on something else. But uh, it's supposed to be very well. I know Laura Hillenbrand is supposed to be a very good good uh, writer. So uh, uh, that's 72129 uh, is the Unbroken book number for March. You know those DB numbers are handy with the stream for downloading them. Then you just have to enter the number. That's it. Exactly, and it's very handy for the uh, Bard mobile app as well. It's very easy to 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 look them up, and then and I have to admit the wish list is great because you can just you can park stuff in your wish list, and then it's there when you're ready to to download with the Bard mobile app or probably with the stream as well you just go to the wish list everything's there bang it's done Alan I don't know if you heard me say it but I had downloaded both of those books already so I already had the numbers so I didn't have to wait to have to have you repeat them twice so there and maybe I'll go back and read well I didn't really read the day the Triffids, I started it, said, this is not for me, and maybe I don't give some books enough of a chance. But there are so many things that I want to read, I really have problems. This is Sherry, I got a phone call, so I missed what the next book is going to be. What did you guys decide on? I don't need the DB number, just the title. Tell No Lies by Greg Hurwitz. H-U-R-W-I-T-Z, and I don't remember what the number is, but uh, you can find it. It's, it's, I hope it's good, and I hope you enjoy it. That's what we're reading for February, and then we're going to read Unbroken by Laura Hillenbrand for March. And, Joni, I was just poking at you because I know uh, you read different kind of books and stuff, so there. Children, children. We all love each other in this group, and we just all... All of us go to the same book clubs, I think, so we're kind of book club friends, aren't we? That's why I picked on Alan the other couple times ago about, oh, never mind. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to leave because uh, we've settled everything we've got to settle. And thank you all for coming. Our next meeting will be the 15th, I yeah, it would be the 15th. Okay, well, sorry to jump in on you. Uh, uh, Mickey says the next meeting is going to be February 15th. Let's see. And uh, uh, I can confirm it is Jan um, uh, February 15th will be the February meeting. And March 15th will be the March meeting, looks like. So, uh, all right. And thank you so much for everybody's comments. I'm getting ready to leave, too. So I, I thought we had a great discussion, and I appreciate all your comments. And enjoy the game, Mickey, and those else that are like the game. Everybody else, enjoy whatever else you're doing. And have a great one. Thanks.